What's up, guys? I just want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Um, yeah, just be safe out there. Enjoy eating candy with your family and stuff like that. Again, follow my YouTube channel, Punch in the Mouth TV, on YouTube. On Instagram, Punch in the Mouth Official. On Twitter, I can never remember this and I just said it. Official underscore P-I-T-N. Anyway, guys, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Halloween. Stay safe out there. Deuces. What's up, everybody? I am back. I know, I know, I know. I better stop saying I'm going to do this on a weekly basis because I always say that and it never happens. So if I keep my mouth shut, I might just do it just because I didn't say anything and it'll get done. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But anyway, so if you've been following me on social media, as I've been saying, there's going to be a format change to the show. No longer... We're going to center it around news. It's going to be more of a, an opinion-based podcast. I hope you still follow me on this journey. We'll break a little news here and there, but that's what I'm going to use my YouTube channel for. So please make sure you follow that. Punch in the Mouth TV on YouTube. I will do a lot better of posting stuff up there. So anyway, let's get into it. So right now... It is 9.30 in the morning, October 27th, which means I'm kind of going forward because I really want to get this out of the way. It is the championship night of PFL, the season finale. In your main event, you got Kayla Harrison at minus 3,000 against Taylor Gordado at plus 1,300. In the co-main event, you got Magomed, Magomed Kirmanov versus Ray Cooper III for the welterweight title. And in showcase, you got Clarissa Shields versus Abigail Montes. For the heavyweight belt, you got Bruno Capilosa versus Anti Diligia. For the featherweight belt, you got Movid Kaubulaya versus Chris Wade. That's going to be a crazy fight. For the light heavyweight strap. You got Antonio Carlos Jr., a.k.a. Cara de Zapato versus Martin Hamlet. Crazy fight. And then finally for the lightweight belt, you got Loic Rajabov versus Raush Marfijo. Bro, I cannot wait for this. And then the debut of the former women's featherweight Bellator champ, Julia Butter, will take on Caitlin Young in the... 
She's making her lightweight debut. It's going to be in the prelims. I cannot wait for this. I seriously can't. E, but Kayla Harrison at minus 3,000. I like that because I think that's how it's going to go. And I'm going to stop giving predictions too because I don't think that's fair. So if you want my predictions and you're a buddy of mine, text me privately because that's one thing we're going to stop doing here too because I got to be neutral. Neutral. Let's talk about events that passed while I was away. The first one being Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez beats Mackenzie Dern unanimous decision. Do I not have the ranking? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So now Marina's what? She's number three. I would have her fight. People are going to get mad, but I would honestly have her fight Joanna Yongjingjik. Because the only reason they took out Joanna, because I've spoken to her manager very recently. Joanna's very well coming back to fight. Trust me, I spoke to her manager for about 10 minutes on the phone. And that's not me bragging, this is just the truth. Yana Yongjingjik will come back to fight. She's just in Poland living her best life. What was said to me was, bro, she's super famous. She didn't say bro, but I'm just adding a little spice to the pot. She goes, she's super famous in Poland. It's not the same for her to just be exercising and be fit versus fight shape where she's with Matt Brown and all those killers in ATT. I'm like, I agree. I agree. So, for me, if you were asking me, Marina Rodriguez fights Joanna Yonjigjik. Because Carla Esparza is probably going to fight the winner of Rose Namajunas and, and Wei Li Yang if Rose wins. If Wei Li wins, they're probably going to do the trilogy because that fight was nuts. For Mackenzie Dern, he gave her Claudia Gadelia. Mackenzie's what, number five? Claudia's number seven. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. Amanda Hibas, I believe, is going to fight Vina Yajaroba. Yeah, man. Crazy fight. Let's move on to the, the following week's fight. Aspen Ladd versus... What's her first name? Norma Dumont. So, originally, Norma was going to fight... Holly home, right? But something happened to Holly. She got injured. So Aspen Ladd stepped in. And it was coming off a bit of a controversy because Aspen Ladd had missed weight really bad a few weeks prior. I don't know if it was a week or two prior. But, like, it was unwarranted because this is at featherweight, not at bantamweight. I'm trying to see if it tells me why on October 6th. It just says due to injury. So, Norma Dumont beats Aspen Ladd. Now, this main event was interesting, right? Because Aspen Ladd's corner came under a lot of scrutiny because of the way the coach was acting. Like, he was 
trying to light a fire under Aspen Lab. Like, I could respect it. I don't understand why people were upset about it. Like, he wasn't being mean to her. He's like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, that's all he was saying. Like, I don't know what you were doing. Like, I didn't mind it, but somebody else might. And then I heard that that guy's her boyfriend or something. Now, if that's the problem, that's something different other than coaching, right? Because he was there to be a coach. And he was being very critical because they obviously something from her in the gym that they weren't seeing in the fight. So that's why he was being very critical. But if Aspen was okay with the way he acted, why, why, why are they forcing him to apologize? Like, I didn't agree with that. Andre Arlovsky versus Carlos Felipe. Dude, what is Andre made of? Whatever Andre's made of, I want to be made of. Because that dude is awesome. That dude's awesome. Another OG, Jim Miller. Like, what can you say, man? These guys are ageless. But anyway, for Norma Dumont, what's next for her? I want to see her get her fight with Holly Holm. She deserves it because a win over Holly Holm, especially in the featherweight division, will probably get her a title shot. Excuse me. A win over Holly Holm will get her a title shot in the featherweight division. Now, I don't know when Amanda will defend that belt, but if what people are saying, well, no, it is true that this is Kayla Harrison's last fight on a PFL contract, right? So, if that's true, it just depends where she feels like going. Will you go to Bellator or if the UFC makes you an offer, will you go to the UFC? Let's move on. Okay, okay. We're only going to talk about the main event here. Paolo Bohashinha Costa versus Marvin, the Italian dream, Vittori. First of all, Marvin Vittori was the hero of this whole thing. So, I don't remember when media day is. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I want to say it was Wednesday. I believe Marvin was first. He goes, I don't know, man. He's got a lot of weight to cut. I don't know. I'm hearing all these different rumors. These were Marvin's words. And the reporters go like, what's going on? That suppose he has a lot of weight to cut, which was, which is what Marvin was saying. So then fast forward, he's like, but we'll make the fight happen. We'll make the fight happen. These are Marvin's words. And then Paulo comes out. And then Paulo goes, yeah, I'm about 211. He didn't go. They asked him, Paulo, how much do you weigh right now? He goes, I'm about 211. Paulo, I love you. But, bro, you look like you were weighing 240, 250. So then supposedly he wanted to catch weight at 190. And I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you guys what happened in case you didn't catch it. So then Marvin goes, okay, 190. That's cool. And then it got weirder, right? So they go, maybe... Because Paula goes, maybe we can make it at a catchway. This is what he was saying at his media day. And then he does a remote interview with Marvin. And, like, tries to use reverse psychology on him. Like, Marvin, what weight do you want to fight at? 190, 195. 
And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Apollo, you do understand the agreed weight class was 185, right? 185, not 19 something. But what Apollo did tell the reporters is that he did have an injury going into the fight and that he would say it after the fight. So then they go, okay, that happens. And then the following day, they announced that the fight will be at a light heavyweight bout. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So they go, they weigh in. Paulo weighs in at 204.5, and I believe Marvin weighed in at 204. That fight starts. These guys are throwing some heat. Marvin is taking the DS approach and he's doing accumulative punches. Paulo's throwing big leg kicks, body shots, a leg kick to the body. Marvin's one tough cookie. All in all, great fight. Paulo ended up getting a point deducted. I do have to apologize to Jason Herzog because I was very critical. Because originally when I was watching the fight, I heard him say, I'm not going to take a point away, but I've warned you many times. Stop doing that. I'm not going to take a point away. And then he turned around and took it away. I do owe Jason Herzog an apology for that. Because I misread what he said. So, Jason, I do apologize if you hear this. What's next for Marvin? Eesh. It's tough, right? Because let's look at it. So Robert and Israel, they're currently scheduled. They're not scheduled, but it's rumored that they're going to fight in February of 2022. I will try to get more info on that. I'm trying to get more info on that as we speak. Derek Brunson is going to fight Jared Cannonier on January the 20th. So look, if I'm Marvin Vittori and Ali Abdelaziz, I'm like, okay, we're going to wait. We're going to wait, see what happens between Israel and Robert. Hope Robert wins, and then we're going to push for a title shot. The other thing working for him is that he said yes to when the UFC asked him, will you still fight Paulo? So that puts him in their good graces. For all we know, if he keeps winning, they're going to be like, all right, bro, we'll give you another title shot against Izzy. For all we know, right? And... With the two fights that he's had with Izzy, what data does he have now in his brain to show I can beat this guy? Honestly, if Marvin wants to fight right away, there is one guy he could fight. His name is Sean Strickland. Now, I know that might not be too enticing to Marvin because Marvin's number two. And Strickland is number seven. But that's a good fight right there. Let's move on to Bellator. For Paulo, let me see. So, I'm going to let you guys in on some information. This next fight, and Paulo's not in the good graces of the UFC. I'm just telling you how I see it. For this next fight, it will be Paulo's last fight. Unless they just release him. But he did say that he wanted to fight by the end of this year. So, he could probably still fight on the 18th of December on the last 
card of the year. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but you can have him fight Kevin Gastelum because if we're going to get Marvin Sean Strickland, I don't know what's up with Jack Hermanson. Darren Till has a bum knee. Have him fight Kevin Gastelum. I know that's not a popular opinion. But let's move on to Bellator. So Vadim Nankov beats Julius Anglitskas. Round 4 submission Kimura. Bro, that was a crazy fight. Crazy fight. Corey Anderson beats Ryan Bader within one minute of the first round TKO. Crazy fight. Now here's where I have a problem. Brett Primus beats Benson Henderson and automatically becomes the number one contender. Okay, for for you guys that don't really follow Bellator, so Patricio Pitbull, the guy that just lost to AJ McKee back in July, was both the featherweight and lightweight champion, right? He vacates the lightweight belt. So now Peter Queeley versus his brother Patricky is for the lightweight belt. How? I don't understand, but it's going to happen. So Benson Henderson and Brett Primus, they were upset. They're like, why why is it why aren't we fighting for the lightweight belt instead of them? So Brett Primus wins. Where my problem lies is that Brett Primus is coming off of a loss. Why is he gonna get the next title shot over the dude that beat him? Who is? Gimme one sec. Can anybody tell me? I'll wait. Islam Mamadov. Now, I understand probably the reasoning is that a lot of people thought Brett Primus won that fight, but the fact is he didn't. Islam beat him. So, why is he going to get a title shot over Islam? That's not fair. Tell me, why is he going to get a title shot over Islam? Nobody's going to be able to tell me because they also don't think it's fair. A lot of people have been saying what I'm saying right now. is like, how is this even possible? It's not fair. Like, are we just going to toss that guy aside? Okay, going back to the light heavyweights. So now Vadim Nenkov will fight Corey Anderson at some point in 2022. And the finale for the... This will be the finale of the light heavyweight championship Grand Prix. Bro, if you are a fan of MMA, you don't miss this fight. This fight is going to be nuts. Let me repeat myself. If you are a fan of MMA, you don't miss this fight. This fight will be nuts. Badim got dropped by Julius Anglitskis. What I'm curious to see is how Vadim Nankov's Wrestling defense will be against Corey Anderson's wrestling offense. And Corey Anderson's power. Corey Anderson's got some power in his hands, bro. But that'll be at some point in 2022. The great Fyodor beats Timothy Johnson. Bro, I don't know how he does it. Like, you could say that that fight was rigged. That fight was not rigged. Because he was taking some bombs from Johnson. I don't know how these old guys are doing it, bro. Like, as they get older, their chin gets better. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And he 
this combo he put on him laid Johnson out. Oh, my God. I thought I was watching Pride again. I was like, what is going on here, man? I thought I was watching Pride again. Um, Usman Nurmagomedov beats Patrick Patilia rear naked choke. And then one guy we all need to watch is Anatoly Tokov. I know he won by split decision, but this guy he looks like he could take out Gegard Musasi. Is the is he in the rankings? That he's number six. The dude is thirty and two. Oh my god! I didn't know he had that many fights. Do him and. This Anatoly Turkov guy and Gegard Musasi are, are on the collision course. He's one of my new favorite. Anybody on Team Fedor is going to be one of my favorite fighters. Nadim Nenkov is. But going back to Fedor, he's number three now, right? The only guys ahead of him are Czech Congo and Valentin Moldovsky. He's not going to fight Valentin Moldovsky because that's on his team. Now... What I heard, I don't know if this is true because I this is just something I heard on the internet, is that Bellator will be willing to give Fedor a shot at Ryan Bader for his last fight. Fedor will vacate it and it'll automatically make Valentin Moldovsky the reigning defending champ because he's already the interim champ. That's kind of lame. It's kind of lame. Tell me that's not lame. That is super lame. Fedor, man. So we'll see what happens there, bro. And Julia Bud's officially out of the rankings at the women's featherweight. So then next week, we got Peter Queeley versus Patricky Pitbull, Patchy Minx versus James Gallagher, Charlie Ward versus Leon Edwards' brother Fabian Edwards, Daniel Helch versus Pedro Gal Carvalho, Carvalho? Woo, what a fight card. I want to watch all these fights. Sadly, I'm going to be at NotFest, so I'm not going to be able to watch this because it's at 5, 2 p.m. Eastern, I mean Pacific time. And by then, I got to be at NotFest, bro. I'm excited for NotFest. Slipknot, bring me the horizon. You guys better not cancel. I'm still getting over the fact that my boy Serge got COVID. I can't handle another one of these cancellations. Can't handle it. So I already told you guys. Please go subscribe. YouTube. Punch in the mouth TV. I will be putting out more content. I know the last two weeks have been. Kind of. Let's just say. Messy.
behind the scenes. I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like I'm trying to set up interviews and stuff like that. Hopefully, if it all goes well, I'll get some. We already talked about PFL Champion Night. Nate Diaz. So, it's no secret that Nate Diaz only has one fight left on his current contract. The problem is Nate Diaz is such a big star, right? He's such a big star that the UFC knows his value. And I don't think Nate knows his own value. He knows that he's valuable enough that he can go make a ton of money somewhere else. Outside MMA. Quote unquote go box Jake Paul. But he knows the way to do that is. I gotta fight out my contract. Which is what he's doing. Right? He's doing that right now. Although. I don't agree with the opponent. He's trying to fight. He's trying to fight Vicente Luque. Who's number four. And Chelson and told him, he's like, why are you trying to fight Vicente Luque? He's like, because of the number next to his name. He's like, okay, Nate, but if this is your last fight, why are you going to fight somebody like that if you're not going to be able to use the power you get with it if you win? Wouldn't you want to want to fight somebody with a bigger name? And then, according to Chelsea, he got, he got a text message saying, Tony Ferguson from Nate. And then Chell goes, okay. So at this point, I've asked Nate's manager. I've asked Tony's manager. I'm like, are these guys fighting? Nobody's telling me anything. If I get something on this, I will tell you guys. But look at the situation. Nate has one fight left. Nate is on par with Jorge Masvidal, Israel Adesanya, and Kamar Usman for top draws in the company. Along with his brother Nick. If you guys want to tell me Nick's not a draw. You're lying to yourself. The only reason I don't say Conor McGregor is because Conor McGregor outdraws all of them. Like he does. It doesn't matter. Like Conor has something within him. The only one I can probably see matching that is Patty the Batty Pimblet. People are going to get mad at me for saying that. But. Trust me, he can match that. If if Barstool Sports is willing to give him a million dollars in sponsorship, you don't think he can match that someday? Having people fly over from England to watch him fight after this whole pandemic is over? So going back to what I was saying, Nate Diaz knows he's valuable to the UFC. I just don't think he knows how valuable he is. So much so that I read an article the other day saying that Nate... Dana was trying to lure him back by saying it depends if Nate could still think he could compete here. Like he was trying to bruise his ego. Because there's nothing worse to tell a fighter that's saying you're not a top dog anymore and that's why you're leaving. It, this place is too hard for you. Especially somebody with Nate's personality, they're going to be like, oh yeah, watch this. Bam, bam. And then he'll sign another four fight deal. But Nate's smart. He's going, all right, I'm going to fight out this contract. Probably going to make a boatload of money fighting Jake Paul and and call it a day. So we'll see what happens. If I'm Nate, I'd stick to his current plan, fight out your deal, see if you could go and get money, bigger money opportunities somewhere else. 
aka fight Jake Paul. So we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. So UFC 267. Jan Brokovic versus Glover Teixeira. Peter Jan versus Corey Sanhagen. Islam Mahashev versus Dan Hooker. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tibura. Liji Lang versus Hamza Chimaev. Magomed Akilayev versus Volkan Ozdemir. Amanda Hibas versus Rina Yajirobo. Okay, hold on. Woo! Let me do it one more time. Woo! My God, what a fight card. If you ain't excited about that, you're not a fight fan. Magomed Akilaya versus Vulcan Ozdemir. Bro, that fight of night. That's fight of night right there. Any one of these main fight cards, including the headline for the prelims, Amanda Hibas and Virna Yajiroba, they're all fight of night candidates. Li Lang versus The Wolf, Hamza Chimaev. Of course, Hamza was the breakout star for 2020 for Punch in the Mouth. He's coming back after a severe battle with COVID. I'm f- so, I'm excited about that. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tiboro. Crazy fight. I have no idea who's going to win that. Islam Mahashev versus Dan Hooker. This is a crazy fight because it was supposed to be Rafael Dos Anjos, but he got hurt. So, Dan Hooker says, all right, I'm stepping in on three weeks notice. Dan Hooker's got nothing to lose here, right? He doesn't. He's got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Let me check out the odds for this fight. So, everybody expects Islam to win. So, Dan Hooker's going in there to play. Spoiler, right? So, we'll see what happens. But As of right now, 10.05 10.02 a.m. October 27th. Islam Mahashev is a minus 575 favorite. Dan Hooker is a plus 455. Meaning. As I understand it. I'm, I'm not an expert in this. But to win 100 bucks. You have to bet a minimum of $575 on Islam. And to win $455, you bet a minimum of $100 on Dan Hooker. Can I tell you guys something? Are you guys ready to hear what I'm about to say? Dan Hooker's a live dog in this this fight. I was going to say game. I mean, he's 2-3 and as a dog. He's a live dog. I like that. I like that bet. I like that bet. But, like I said, I'm no longer going to give predictions. Changing the format. This is just opinion based. But that's a live dog right there, bro. That's a live dog right there. Going back. 
Peter Yan versus Corey Sanhagen, easily best fight on the card. No disrespect to Li Ji Lang and my boy Hamzad Chimaev, the wolf, but Peter Yan versus Corey Sanhagen is easily the best fight on the card. That's not even hating, that's just speaking facts. Of course, Peter Young was supposed to fight Aldermaine Sterling, but Aldermaine Sterling hurt his neck. Speed recovery to Aldermaine. And it would have been TJ, but TJ is dealing with a knee issue. Dang, these are crazy fights. Crazy fights. I would assume Peter Young's the favorite. For the simple fact that he looked like he was beating. Algermain and then made that mistake. But Corey Sanhagen, let's look at the odds for that. I guarantee you, if Corey Sanhagen is an underdog, that fight's probably even money. Let me just look up. So Glover to share is a plus 270. So the favorite is Jan Brockovich. Corey Sanhagen is the underdog. That's a live dog right there, though, bro. Live dog. And Lee Ji Lang, too. He's a live dog, too. And so is Walken. Um, Birna and Amanda, they're about even money. I have no idea who to who's going to win these fights. It'll be interesting if Glover wins, right? No, but it'll be more interesting if Beyond wins, and I'll explain a little later why. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Glover's a live dog. Corey's a live dog. Hooker's a live dog. Um, even Tabora too. Even G Ling. Dang. Even Uzdemir. Like, all these guys are live dog. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's the underdog's night that night. Or morning in my case. But, man. What crazy fights. It'll be interesting if Glover wins, right? Like, what would he do? Would he retire? Would he give you on the rematch? And then for Peter Yan, if he wins, he, he's going to rematch all Jermaine starting. Or he could fight TJ Dillashaw depending on Aldermaine's recovery time, you know what I mean? If Islam wins, he could fight the winner of Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje or Benil Dariush. I know they want him to fight for the title, but not yet. Not yet, not just yet. Not just yet, bro. Not just yet. Almost, just not yet. Okay, so we talked about UFC 270. Crazy fights. Again, no longer giving predictions. Sorry, guys.
But let's talk about the MMA landscape heading into 267. I mean, let's look at the matchups again. I'm only talking about main card. Magomed Akilai versus Vulcan Ozdemir. Let's look at the rankings. Seven and eight. If Magomed wins, the only thing he could do is fight up. He could fight Reyes, Santos, Smith, Rackage. I, I wouldn't say Prochatska because I think Prochatska is going to fight the winner of the title fight. For Vulcan, he can go and rematch Reyes, even though I don't know if he's going to want to do that since he technically won. I mean, no, no, no. He might want to do that because a lot of people felt he won that fight and they gave it to Reyes. I apologize for that. And then, so, that's a good fight right there. Li Ji Lang. I believe he's number 11. Yeah, he's number 11. And I believe Santiago Pontenibio, number 12, is going to fight Jeff Neal, who's number 10. So if I'm Li Ji Liang, Ji Li Jing. Li Jing Liang. I finally got it right. Jing Liang. I'm fighting Bula Muhammad. Because after Bula is Neil Magni, there's no number seven. You got Jorge Mazudal, Michael Chiesa, Stephen Thompson, Vicente Luque. If I'm Hamza Chimaev and I run through Li, I want to fight the winner of. Santiago Pontenibio and Jeff Neal just to break into the top 10. And then after that, nobody can deny this guy. Nobody, bro. Even Danny Rodriguez is a good option just because I like Danny so much. For Hamza, right? Not for Lee. What's the next one? Alexander Volkov and Marcin Tibura. If Volkov wins, yeah, I don't know. If Tibura wins, there's a by Rosenstrike. If Tibura wins, if Volkov wins. Fight Derek Lewis or Stipe. Don't fight Curtis Blades because he already... Well, they might make him fight Curtis Blades because Curtis Blades beat him. We'll see, man. And then... Islam... Islam is number five. Okay, I said fight the winner, Michael Chandler and Justin Gage. Or Benio Dariush. And then it'd be Dan Hooker. 
Fuerza crear. Booker number six. I mean, if he wins and Michael Chandler loses, do the rematch. That's a good fight. Right, and then if you win the rematch, you can Justin, I mean, Dustin beats Charles Oliver. You'd be like, hey, Dustin, let's run it back. I mean, you got Islam and Chandler in your back pocket. This is all situational, right? This all has to work out for Hooker. And for Dustin to beat Oliver on December 11th. Corey Sanhagen versus Peter Yan. So, Corey, okay. So, either way, whoever wins is going to end up fighting Adrian next. Whether it be, it's going to be a rematch because he's fought both guys. He beat Corey Sanhagen and then Peter Yan DQ'd himself. So, if Yan loses. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight TJ Dillashaw or Rob Font. If Corey Sanhagen loses, either fight Rob Font or Marab Dizvashasvili. Marab deserves something good to happen to him, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. And then last but not least. So if Glover wins, okay, this is where this gets interesting, right? Glover versus Jan Brakovich. If Glover wins, I'm pretty sure it's going to be you. Either man win, it's going to be you. But I want to talk more about if Jan and Corey Anderson win in Bellator. So if Jan wins, wait until next year and see what happens between Corey and Vadim Nenkov. The only reason I say that is because... Jan Brakovich, Corey Anderson feud on Twitter over world's best status. Jan Brakovich is not happy with some of the recent comments made by former foe. The UFC light heavyweight champion fired back at Corey Anderson for saying he's the best fighter at 205 pounds today. Following his TKO win over Ryan Bader at Saturday's Bellator 268. And to add to his claim, Anderson said, in his most recent defeat, which came against Blakovich, it was just a hiccup. Blakovich was on Twitter on Monday to voice his discontent with Anderson. Hold up. So a guy who bolted from the UFC after I slept him and almost made him retire got a couple of wins in, in the second league and claims he is the best? Blakovich wrote on Twitter. Maybe I punched him too hard. No class and win or defeat. There's levels. That there's level stuff is a dig to Corey. Corey likes to say that all the time. And then it goes on to say it didn't take long for Corey to respond. And this is Corey's tweet. Let's not forget what happened the first time. I left you looking like an elephant, man. And you posted, I need to go home and rethink my career. Yeah, I got knocked out in our second fight. Lucky punch. But I made you my board for 15 minutes straight. Nothing lucky about that. And then it shows that. And then, so that was the initial start of the beef, right? And then Jan Brakovich went on Ariel show and he goes, UFC light heavyweight champion Jan Brakovich is doubling down on two-time opponent Corey Anderson. 
Rakovich had a French translate from his native tongue of Polish to English, he said Wednesday on the MMA Hour. But his Twitter reaction to Anderson claiming the number one spot at light heavyweight was from the heart. He explained why he felt that way. I just want him to put him on the ground again, Brakovic said. The difference between me and him is when I lost, I don't quit because I'm not a quitter. He lost and he quit. He let it go. Maybe the pressure was too big for him and he went somewhere else, the second league. And now he's talking or or barking, come on. I don't understand that. Why doesn't he stay in the UFC? He can renegotiate everything now. Money and stuff like this? No, he's just a coward and quitter. That's why he's doing this. Now that he's safe over there because I'm not over there. I think that's why he started barking. This past Saturday at Bellator 268, Anderson secured his shot at the Bellator heavyweight title and a million dollar payout offered to the winner of the promotion light heavyweight grand prix with several ranked fighters in the bracket bellator chief scott coker opted the tourney victor would be the best light heavyweight in the world and anderson went one step further said he was already there brakovich picked up over 22,000 likes for his forcible rebuttal writing of the bellator fighter Maybe I punched him too hard in a 2020 knockout win that avenged a 2015 decision loss. It's getting heated. It's getting heated. And then this is where the last thing that was said. Corey Anderson. If Jan Brakovich loses to Glover to share a debate on number one lightweight, light heavyweight is over. Corey Anderson thinks MMA math could solve the debate on who is the number one 205 pounder. Anderson has been drawing back and forth with UFC current light heavyweight champ Jan Brokovich and since they currently compete in different organizations, they may never get to settle their score. Both men hold wins over each other in the UFC with Anderson defeating Brokovich via unanimous decision in 2015 and Brokovich evening the score with a knockout victory in what would be Anderson's final fight in the octagon. But since departing from the UFC, Anderson has flourished and finds himself in a Bellator Grand Prix final with reigning champion Vadim Nenkov. Meanwhile, Brokovich is set to defend his title at UFC 267 on October 30th against Glover Teixeira, a man Anderson already holds a victory over, so Anderson thinks if Brokovich loses to Teixeira, that settles the argument. It doesn't upset me. I think it's cute. It upsets him, Anderson told MMA Junkie. He's the one that's being vocal about it. I never said his name once in the media. All I said is I'm the best in the world. He ran with it. Now he's just bringing more attention to me every time. My name gets mentioned I'm getting more followers. He's out there saying my name with Ariel Hawani and now people are looking me up. It's cute. Thank you. You're in the bigger league, whatever you want to call it. I'm in the lower league, but you know I'm a threat. You know we're one and one. That's all I got to say. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about Nemkov and I'm getting that Bellator belt around my waist. He's got a fight. 
hold on, I lost it. He's got a fight to worry about. He's got to worry about Glover. And remember, I beat Glover. I am Glover's last loss. So he loses that one. The debate's over. Anderson, who is 3-0 under the Bellator banner, scored a TK win over Yagmoradov and former dual champ Ryan Bader. And brought to title fight against Nemkov. No day has been set for the Grand Prix Final Showdown, but the 32-year-old is expecting it to take place in the first quarter of 2022. So, what was the point of me telling you guys all this? Is, if Jan and Corey win, Dana, why can't you and Scott get in a room? Be like, alright guys, you guys are one and one. You're both champions in the same divisions of our respective organizations. Let's do it. Who's the best light heavyweight in the world right now? Although the, the shadow of John Jones will forever overloom them because he will be considered the greatest light heavyweight ever because no light heavyweight was ever able to touch him unless you want to give judges props on the, the Reyes fight. I'm just saying. Okay. Now let's talk about Kayla Harrison. Wait. I forgot something. So UFC 270 is going to be in Anaheim. It'll be headlined by Cyril Gaon. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon and Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo. It's going to be a crazy fight. Crazy fight card. It is official for Anaheim. Let's hope your boy gets credentialed. When I say your boy, I mean me. So, we're going to play matchmaker now. I want to see Corey Anderson fight Jan Brakovic if they both win their next fights. That's what I want to see. So, one last thing. We're going to talk about Dana White and Kayla Harrison. So, Dana White thinks Kayla Harrison should stay put at PFL. Dana White either has a mild interest in signing Kayla Harrison or he is executing some top-notch reverse psychology in his comments made on Monday. Wednesday, Kayla Harrison will be looking to repeat as PFL. Women's lightweight champion when she takes on Taylor Granado in the 2021 PFL season finale. After the fight, Harrison will be a free agent. Now, you might think, Adrian, but what about that champions clause you always think about? That doesn't apply here because since it's a tournament, there's technically no champion right now. Now, if it was the way the UFC or, or Bellator operates, yes, there's a champion's clause. But here, it's not. Because if Kayla stays, she will have to go through the whole tournament again to be considered the champion. But anyway, Everson will become a free agent and is expected to have her pick of the litter of MMA organizations, foreign and domestic. Many people believe that the UFC's malnourished women's featherweight division is in need of a fighter like Harrison and White himself has expressed an interest in taking the Olymp and talking with the Olympian about a possibility 
signing with the promotion. In Monday's interview with TSN, however, White didn't exactly sound eager to pull out all the stops and land the highly touted future free agent. On the contrary, he practically shoved Harrison back in PFL's direction with some shocking advice. Okay, now supposedly this is Dana's quote. If I was her, I'd stay right where she is. Keep picking up people over there. I would stay there and keep fighting the type of woman she's fighting there. Before I come here and fight in Amanda Nunes, that's for damn sure. And then he goes on to say that um, she's making a lot of good money and stuff like that. So, for her to stay there. Look, it's right here. They pay her an obscene amount of money to fight over there, White said. If I was her, I'd stay right there and keep picking off the people over there. When you come here, Amanda Nunes is no joke. Shevchenko is no joke. Nama Yunus is no joke. They're, these are all the best women in the world, the best female fighters. And then, so, like, Dana just confirmed what I've been telling you guys the whole time. If you want to make money... You go Bellator, you go one, you go PFL. You want legacy? You go UFC. Like, this is not news. Like, this guy named Adrian, he has a podcast called Punch in the Mouth. He's been saying this. And then Kayla responded. Kayla Harrison responds to Dana White. I really am going to be the greatest of all time. He's going to see. Kayla Harrison is determined to reach the pinnacle of MMA regardless of what anyone has to say. And that includes UFC President Dana White. Harrison, the 2019 Women PFL Lightweight Champion, responded to White's recent comments to TSN, suggesting she would stay in PFL and warning her of the talent level in the UFC. And then then she goes on to say, Thanks for the advice, Uncle Dana. I appreciate you, Harrison said. My job is to focus on October 27th. I really don't care what other people have to say about me or my career, my choices, or my options. I'm going to do what's best for me, and that's it. The the two-time Olympian judo gold medalist is not surprised to hear those comments from UFC President Dana White. She actually expects that kind of banner from him. That's what he does, Harrison said. That's his job. I'm going to talk about how I'm the greatest of all time, and he's going to talk about, well, calm down. No, you're not. This is a game. This is a business. The difference is I really am going to be the greatest of all time. He's going to see. Harrison faces Taylor Granada. You guys already know it. So we'll see, man. Like, he's got a point, like, because I believe she gets 100000 to show up. Like, that's her base pay, and then on top of that, you get the million-dollar grand prize. Of course, you have to win the tournament. That's a lot of money. She's making a lot of money. Like, if that's what she wants, like, to take care of her family. Now, if she wants to go to that, you go to the UFC. You go to the UFC because I believe she can compete with Amanda Nunes. They're both a part of ATT, so it'll be kind of awkward. 
But you go to the UFC because you can compete with the men in there. You go to Bellator because I believe you can c- compete with Chris Cyborg too. She could be, she could be the GOAT for the females. I mean, because like competition-wise, besides Julia Budd, who's there, Clarissa Shields, she's super green. I mean, all Kayla Harrison would have to do to her is take her down and hold her there, and she'd beat her. I'm just being honest with you guys. I'm not being mean or anything. I'm being honest. But that's it, guys. I'll let you go. It was great. Again, this is the new format. Let me know what you think. If you hate it, let it be known. Hit me up on social media at Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram. And then Twitter is. I can never remember my Twitter name. Official underscore PITM. Alright, guys. Deuces. Enjoy the fights. Oh, remember the fights this weekend? They're in Abu Dhabi, so they're early start time. The prelims, they start at 11 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. And then 8 a.m. here, and then the main card starts at 2 p.m. on the East Coast and 11 a.m. here. Alright guys, deuces.